listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. Hey, let's let's raise our mugs, nerds. Welcome to Nerds on Film. We're drunk on Gloog. We're drunk on. <laughs> I'm raising. I'm raising my mug. Shortest intro ever. We should stop it. No, we should start it right you're now. You're raising your mug. Sarah lifted her face. You're a liar. <laughs> That's so my mug. those for listeners who are uh, from Sweden will appreciate this. I made glug today because I'm a food nerd as much as I am a sci-fi and comic books nerd, and it turned out pretty fantastic. I oh, think. Oh yeah, pretty thick. So we're all a little Wish toasty I knew what right it now. Tasted like fucker. <laughs> well, airlift you some. Not, yeah, I'll send you why a recipe. Send an Amazon drone to drop me Don't off a bottle in front of my house. Yeah. Wait, do they have cardamom in Durango? Do they have cardamom yes, in Durango? Yes, they have cardamom in Durango. They actually <laughs> <laughs> they carry Do they cardamom. have cardamom in Durango? <laughs> because, so this is actually glug-ish, because it's not, because there's some extra, because you don't usually put allspice uh, or cloves oh. in glug, and there's allspice and cloves in this. Oh. Yeah, you're just only supposed to put cinnamon and coriander, or not coriander, cinnamon and cardamom uh, for nice. an orange peel. This has got all the above, and then cloves and allspice, so... And then Alan's ejaculate. It's like super, it's uber it's Swedish. Is what this is. Thank you very much. Hey, Sean, did you know that uh, I happened to, I was hanging out with some uh, coworkers the other day and Durango actually came up in conversation. It's, even like, though it's really small, a lot of people know about it. A lot yeah. of people. It's happened in town. I mean, there's, there's an Australian tour group, one tour group a week that just comes to Durango. It was it was it was really bizarre because they were like, oh yeah, Durango's so pretty. Oh yeah, I know I like to go and visit and vacation there and blah blah blah. And I'm like, I don't know. My friend lives there. He says it's kind of a nothing town. And they're like, well, no, it's pretty cool. And I'm like, but they don't have a comic. Well, book store. you see, <laughs> exactly. We don't have a comic book store. There's no IMAX theater. I'm really far away from being able to see a Denver Broncos or San Jose Sharks or San Francisco Giants game. I'm not saying I don't love Durango. It's just that it, there's things I wish that Durango had. If you're someone who just cares about mountain biking, ice climbing, skiing, snowboarding, regular ass climbing, or like uh, like road biking, things like that. Is it's that like re- an I'm sorry. Let's take that back. Is that regular ass climbing or is that regular ass climbing? Regular I mean, ass well, climbing. Yeah, regular ass. That's how so, I always say regular ass as like you know. As opposed to like hard ass ice climbing. climbing and then regular ass climbing. Like there's diet coke and regular. Ass so there's coke. like there's what? like there's like crazy ass climbing. Because I'm just thinking of ass climbing. climbing. Yeah. What part of Durango are you from? South Central? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's beyond 32nd Street. We don't talk about that part. <laughs> um, oh, the, the two Durangans listen to this podcast. The Durangatangs will, will uh No, will the Durangatangs. Brian, the Durangatangs know it's the south side. It's like <laughs> from third and college south is the hood. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> There's a hood in Durango, Colorado. There's a hood. There's a hood. It's not really there's that There's a stab a in Durango. Yeah. You know how there's Oakland and then there's stab in Oakland. There's <laughs> Durango and stab in Durango. Nice. And, yeah. But all of Detroit is stab in Detroit. Uh, <laughs> wow. I will say Durango's a pretty happening town, though. Nice. They like people who like to party all the time. Party, party all the all time. time. Party, party all the time. time. Party all Who knew wow. Eddie Murphy's voice could get that high? Uh, Did anybody get where my quote was from, though? Mm. Uh, nope. I did. I wasn't just being. I did. A clever I little totally um, sassy chick. No, I know. Thank you, Sarah. What that means when Thank you say you. you're talking <laughs> okay. about South Central, right? All right. Because, guys, it's January, mm-hmm. which means it's Mel Brooks. It's fucking Mel Brooks. You know what that means? For some yeah, of you, we're having 
Mel Brooks Wary, you're having regular it's ass. Mel Brooks Wary, two point oh. Okay, okay, let's let's calm our tits for a second. <laughs> Guys, I'm very sorry. The, the glue we made Picasso. was very strong, so we're a little loose tonight. So let, let's just. Let's Roxy's just, actually topless right now. I'm off. So let's just. The episode will be titled "Blame the Glue." <laughs> Blame the glue. So for those listeners who are new. Um, Mel Brooksuary is a holiday that I invented a few years back, um, where <laughs> I wish all of your sentences could start like that. <laughs> I invented this. I did. I invented this holiday, um, basically starting on New Year's Day throughout the rest of January. I absolutely, uh, just marathon all the Mel Brooks movies that I own, which is all of them with the exception of one, which we actually will mention later, so I'm not going to talk about it right now. But yeah. uh, last year, we did do a few Mel Brooks episodes. Um, we did four. It, we did four because oh, we were doing yeah. weekly podcasts back then. So um, we covered Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, History of the World. Part one. Part one. And Spaceballs. And, and Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Yeah. So kind of the big four. Um, and we're gonna kind of take a little bit of time in our episodes this month to do um we're gonna do one episode this time one episode next uh time so and plus that stretches us out so we can do mel brooks very next year. i know well guys... i i mean i celebrate mel brooks way every year yeah all the time i think it's worth, i'm celebrating you know. it right now i yeah. love it um, forever because my first neurodonomy episode ever was young frankenstein yeah. yes uh, i think it's worth... oh my god you've been here for almost a year now yeah, that's baby. right that is totally true Aww, happy Aww. one year anniversary oh. thanks and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Roxy Noberry. I'm regular ass Sean Moriarty. <laughs> and we are all schnockered. <laughs> Except for me, because I'm under the weather, so I'm not schnockered. Are there like conservative Swedish people who are like, oh, you, you kids now are getting all hopped up on the glug? On the glug? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll have to ask and the my reefer. former Swedish. My former <laughs> and the, roommate and the reefer throwing pickled herrings at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Many different herrings. <laughs> Many different herrings. <laughs> Bring us a herring. I, I think it's worth noting, since we're talking about Mel Brooksuary, uh, that recently he's got a one-man show that's on HBO. Yeah. So that's going to be, that's freaking awesome. And he's like 88 years old and he's still doing things. Yep. Uh, and recently 20th Century Fox honored him by painting a mural uh, of young Frankenstein uh, on one of the, the stage, sound stages at the, the back lot there. So that's pretty freaking ass. cool. I just watched that documentary that they did on him. Yeah, and yeah. It's retrospective. It was really right? good. It's a great it's really documentary. Good. He has an interview that he did with uh, Nerdist Podcast a while back, so you can listen to that one. It's pretty interesting. Just for those who didn't want listen to our episodes last year, though you totally should. Yes. Um, and you totally can. Just to catch you up. So Mel Brooks got his start on a little show called Your Show of Shows with um, probably the five biggest names in, in 20th century comedy. Um, you had Sid Caesar, Neil Simon, Woody Allen, Mel Brooks, and Carl Reiner. They were the five writers of that show. And I just would give anything to be in that room. Apparently, yeah. it was such Sarah a stressful... Sarah would let them do awful things to her. No, not Woody Allen. <laughs> not Apparently, Woody Allen. I love the factoid about how it was such a stressful experience for him to work with so many geniuses that he actually went into therapy. Oh my God. To address his anxiety about coming to work every day and, you know, working on this, the writing experience with all these folks, right? And he's talking about his, his experience with psychotherapy. And I was just so helpful because there was a lot of like stuff that he, I guess, unconsciously 
mm-hmm. was trying to process through his writing, you know, and his comedy. And let's be honest, like, there was a lot of, you know, family tragedy there that he had kind of experienced as yeah. a young kid. Yeah. So he that being said, very, very young, yeah. all good comedians, right? So I just thought that was kind of a cool mm-hmm. factoid that the man, you know, like he's done a lot of work on himself and you have to be incredibly self-aware to be that good of a comedic, you know, comedic yeah. And it, it goes to say that Mel Brooks is truly a beautiful human being yeah. Yeah. and his yeah. art reflects that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. And so what we're really, we're fast forwarding to is on the later half of his career, mm. uh, his second to last film to date that he directed. Because mm-hmm. uh, tonight we're talking about... Third to last, I thought. No, no, because he didn't direct the producers. No, oh, the okay. producers musically did not direct. No, it. no, he, just uh, he was involved with it as a producer, but he, Susan Stroman uh, did that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're talking tonight about Robin Hood Men in Tights. Tight! Type. Which is Sarah's favorite Mel Brooks movie. It is not my favorite Mel, Mel Brooks movie. It is not? Young Frankenstein's my favorite Mel Brooks movie. <laughs> I thought for some reason that Mel... That, I don't know. I think they're high Robin right Hood now. was your favorite one. No, no. Robin Hood is like actually probably a, a middle ground, if not nah. lower. Okay. It's my well, third favorite. I'd say Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles are tied and then... Yeah, no question. Robin Rob, Hood been in touch. Young Frankenstein is my favorite. I watched... So Young Frankenstein's definitely my favorite. I can't remember. I know I ranked them before. But there's a uh, Sarah Frank- ranked stuff. I actually did rank them. I actually did rank, rank it them. Good. Um, Sarah has a top four for everything. What? No, I know. Uh-huh. No, but uh, Young Frankenstein was my favorite. I think History of the World Part One followed that. Silent Movie, Blazing Saddles, I think are tied. Um, I, but it's really hard for me to pick favorites because I love them all so much. Yes. So <laughs> they're not to love. Yeah, but you but you are right. This is in the later half of his career. So um, he had done Spaceballs by this point, um, and there was a movie that he had uh, directed um, in the early nineties, like nineteen ninety. Dinks, ninety one. Yeah, and in fact, Which, that was a critical and financial flop. failure. Yeah, yeah. and it was comedy talk. drama, like which is very uncharacteristic for his style. Well, it was where he was trying to go. So if you see um, "To Be or Not to Be," which is a movie that um, he actually didn't write or direct, but he was in it, and it. But, but Brooks Films produced it, though. I think. Brooks Films produced it, and it starred him and his wife Anne Bancroft. Mm. Right, and it was a very Mel Brooks type movie, which is why it still gets um, in. It, it's included in his body of work and in his collections. Um, and uh, and that's kind of you can kind of see that there was a certain uh, amount of maturity towards his filmmaking where he was going there. Also, I mean, he was working like he produced Elephant Man and like there were there was like definitely a, a, a more serious tone to his art that he was trying to take. Right. And that's exactly why he, yeah. when he named his production company, he named it Brooks Films because he didn't want the name Mel Brooks to deter from the work he was doing. Yeah. He wanted just to do work that he thought was interesting mm. and it allowed him to do a movie like. The Elephant Man, which is a completely serious film, as a, mm-hmm. but he wasn't even. I mean, that was him just as a producer. He's very yeah. hands off as a producer. Right. That was completely David Lynch, mm-hmm. his you know baby, oh, yeah. basically. But the fact that he could recognize a young talent at that time, like David Lynch, I mean, he walked out of Racerhead and said, "You are crazy, and I love you for it." Yeah. You know, I saw Racerhead when I was three sheets to the. Christmas tree wind <laughs> once. Did you have a lot of glug? Uh, I, I, I inhaled a lot of glug. And, um, <laughs> Never tried it that way before. And that was hmm. really... Uh, I did some things. <laughs> anyway. She has I did some stuff. It's bad. 
and um, yeah, it was it was pretty intense. Yeah. It was pretty hardcore. I think so, Mel Brooks, I think some people should take a note from Mel Brooks that that's the way to produce a movie. Your laboring should be in choosing your artists and then letting them do what they need to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, he goes and he, he makes Life Stinks, which I really wish I could speak to, but to date, this is the one Mel Brooks movie that I do not own and I have not seen. Why is that? I just haven't ordered it from Amazon yet. Fair enough. I think you're afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Am I afraid? You chicken? Um, I think you're afraid of the sully, the visage of Mel Brooks that you have in your mind. Uh, I don't know. So here's Sully the, the visage? Sully your visage. I don't know. Have you ever seen 12 Chairs? Yes, I have. And it was so early, though. Yeah. Did it sully I'm your like, visage? Oh, he's, you know, it Life was, Stinks is, is after yeah, 12 much chairs, success. Yeah, 12 Chairs is the movie that he did after the producers. And it's not... It's not quite as punchy and as zany as the other ones and it kind of does have a more serious tone but Mel Brooks being a very learned man he wanted to convert this Russian folktale <laughs> into um, into a cool story but yeah. anyway so Life Stinks was a total flop um, it only made 4 million but it was a 13 million dollar budget Yikes! Um, and so subsequently he decided well I want to get a boost back again and uh, I'm going to go back to what I know I can do for sure, and I've done so well before, and that is the classic spoof. Right, and he did the same thing with Blazing Saddles mm -hmm. when he did 12 Chairs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 12 Chairs was a flop as well. Um, he's kind of shown, history's kind of shown when he goes serious. But Blazing Saddles was his first spoof. But he, mm -hmm. so, but it worked. To uh, yeah. Totally fair, yeah. Yeah, it worked out for him that yeah. he's like, spoofs are a good bounce back thing for me because yeah. I can do it. And, and it worked in Blazing Saddles. It worked in Blazing Saddles. And thankfully, he had material to pull off of because this is 1992, I think, when he was in pre-production on it. And a year or two before, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves had just come out. So he's like, <laughs> yeah. oh. Kevin well, fucking Costner. I know. I know. <laughs> The um, war continues with Sarah and Kevin Costner. <laughs> guys, Kevin Costner had a butt double. Did he? Oh, yes. That's right. For a nude scene in that freaking movie. I just, it wasn't even a nude scene. He was just swimming. You couldn't even see the butt. He needed <laughs> Like I said, I'm sure Kevin he touched Costner. the butt. I'm sure that's that Kevin probably, Costner is a doll of a man. But I just cannot watch him. <laughs> I would get a butt double, too, if my old ass kind of looked like two spoiled lamb chops pressed up against a piece of fucking, I don't know, like screen. Yeah. So oh, since you, met, you brought up Kevin Costner, there's a couple of references in this movie to Kevin Costner. So this movie does... Okay, to be totally fair, this movie does rely heavily on... Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves as the source material, but it also yes. has plenty of callbacks yeah. to the original Adventures of Robin Hood yes. that, with Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland, uh, particularly the fact that he's wearing the feathered cap mm -hmm. and has the same kind of goatee, swashbuckler look. And basically the whole dinner hall scene. The whole dinner yeah. hall scene, I mean, exactly. really what it boils down to is the reason why they cast Carrie Elwes is because... He can do a real British accent! He, well, there's that. But, <laughs> um, but it was also the fact that Carrie Elwes was cast in The Princess Bride because he was an Errol Flynn type. Exactly. Nice. Like, he could do this. And it just so happened to be fantastic that he had all that fencing experience from learning from two of the best fencers ever on The Princess Bride. That That's career true. was yep. just meant to be. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, there's the famous line, and why should the people listen to you? Because unlike some other Robin, Robin Hoods, 
I can speak with an English accent. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a knock against. And he's like of, practically like staring at the, the camera when right. he says yep. it. Right. Break that fourth I mean, wall. You break that fourth wall. And that's obviously a knock at Kevin Costner's uh, inability <laughs> okay, to perform. The response, because everybody's like, ooh. What is the whole story about how the dubbed versions of this film? Oh, this yes. is amazing. Like, so yeah. obviously, if you're not in an English-speaking country, English just sounds like English for the most part, right? You don't really hear the differences. So they had to find some other way to to make the same gag at Kevin Costner while maintaining the humor. Mm-hmm. So in the Italian and the French dubbed versions of the movie, the line reads as, because unlike some other Robin Hoods, uh, I do not dance with the wolves, is what they say. Yeah. And then in wow. the German dubbed version, it's because unlike some other Robin Hood, do not cost the producers five million. Uh, interesting. Says, What's that related to? It says the German word Kosten, which is cost, was also pronounced to sound a little bit like Kostner. Oh, well done. Okay. Oh, that's cute. And then uh, it says, what else? In Quebec, the translation becomes, because unlike other Robin Hoods, I accept to wear tights. And in the Hungarian version, it says, because unlike Kevin Kostner, I have a shapely bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hungry. Oh, that's so awesome. And what about the North Korean version? The North Korean version, it says, unlike other Robin Hoods, I am all-time supreme leader's best friend. Wow. We're talking about Kevin Costa, not Dennis Rodman. That's true. Uh, Oh! But, Uh, Kevin Costman. (laughs) So this is a pretty awesome movie for a few reasons. I mean, aside from the humor and the fact that, of course, Mel Brooks loves musicals, so he had to have a little musical number in there. But let's talk about the cast for a second. Oh, yeah. You got Dave Chappelle, whose first film this was. Sorry. Damn it, Brian. Let me shit your load so quick, Brian. Fine, fine, We'll back up. Sarah Sarah just hulked out for a second. In situation, he does that. (laughs) So you go go ahead and have your moment. Thank you. Thank you. Because I was going to build up to that. Jesus. Jesus, Brian. It's called suspense. <laughs> she, take it again, Sarah, darling. Um, so just a few totally awesome people who happen to be in this movie. Uh, Dom DeLuise, <laughs> who always works with Mel Brooks and always does a fantastic a job. My lizard. <laughs> at, my, at my age. <laughs> um, you have Tracy Ullman. <laughs> I think I touched it, which, by the way, that was an ad lib line. Totally the whole scene's ad libs. No, well, I mean, I think they had like a, a guidance for it, but it's the fact that with Mel Brooks, you can ad lib. Yeah, I love that. Um, I touched it. I t- I touched that entire it. scene of when he fell into the from yeah. the roof. Thank you. Was Thank all you. improvised. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Tracy Ullman, who is a comedic genius in her own right, she's awesome. The Simpsons started because of I her know. show. I know. <laughs> That's, she's a genius. Um, and this was Dave Chappelle's first movie role. Mel yep. Brooks effectively discovered Dave Chappelle. <laughs> you are welcome, world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody going to get video footage of this. Yeah. And can I also yeah. say, I love the fact that Isaac Hayes plays his dad. I know. That's awesome. <laughs> a sneeze. Yeah. A sneeze. Father of a chew. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We don't need feats of strength. What we need is strength, strength of feet. feet. Um, <laughs> the opening of that movie is so silly, but it's it's such great. Like, hello, hello. Welcome to welcome to the dungeon. I am falafel, maître de dungeon. Uh, we are so busy. <laughs> if you have any hesitation or sorry, if anything you need, please do not hesitate to scream. Ah! Coming! We are so busy. 
crazy. It's so crazy. Um, so ridiculous. And the beard. <laughs> exactly. Like the beard on it. Beard. Him. He cannot be seated without the proper attire. Yeah. And so they give him this long, <laughs> aged beard. Uh, it's ridiculous. So good. Um, I think it's fun. It's worth noting, too, that um, Dave Chappelle, even though he has tremendous experience being a stand-up comedian, he went to a, a school, like a, a, a high school of the arts, so he like he he had lots of classical actor training before he even got to college. Mm-hmm. So he proved that he could not just be funny. Like he proved that he could he could handle whatever Mel Brooks yeah. was going to throw at him yeah. in yeah. that film. So here's an interesting little tidbit I thought that was kind of like a little maybe controversial. One of the screenwriters of this film, his name's Evan Chandler. Mm-hmm. Apparently, not only was he a screenwriter, this is probably one of the only scripts he ever helped write, he was also a dentist to the stars. And he was notorious because he would work with such stars as Carrie Fisher. And he basically provided her with morphine, oh, no. like on the regular. Oh, like God. he was obsessed with getting, you know, star status. And here's the shitty part about this: his son was involved with Michael Jackson, and Evan Chandler actually sued Michael Jackson for. Um, he accused him of sexually oh, assaulting no. his son. Wow! And six months after Michael Jackson died, he killed himself. Oh, Jesus. So this guy, this Evan Chandler person, was heavily involved with the downfall, effectively, of Michael Jackson. Oh, my God. And he's credited, and his one of his only few Hollywood credits is co-writing the screenplay for wow. Robin Hood Men in Tights. That's yeah. really bizarre. I know. Right? I was just like, Evan, who's this guy? And this is like, dentist and screenwriter? I'm like, dentist? What? Apparently, Carrie Fisher wrote about him in her book. Mm-hmm. Um, a dentist? <laughs> yeah. I'm a dentist. Sorry, um, I had to bring up Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. It's January, Sean. Why would you say those things? It's January. It um, stays with me the whole year, Brian. That's true. He said, um, you could open up a dentist office at the poll next week after Christmas. <laughs> oh my God. I like Gloog. Gloog likes me too. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Like, what? What do you think, Mel Brooks? Even I got a Gloog suppository in right now. (laughs) I mean, it could be one of those things, like where he was just shooting the shit with him, and they kind of came up with this thing. Like, Mel Brooks is really generous with his his co-writing credits and all that other stuff. I I have no idea what what weight this person had on the script. True that. True that. That is that is very very interesting, but. Yeah. I mean, isn't it the whole thing about, like, the story of why this script even came into being is because some kid told somebody, like, make a parody of Robin Hood? Well, I mean, the, the other thing you have to take into account, too, is that 20th Century Fox had had s- tremendous success in the last two years prior to this with both Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Two, as yeah. well. So they were on, like, the, oh, parodies are in right now. Let's yeah. do that. Let's do spoofs and parodies. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean... And then, like, well, who else can we, can we turn to? The well, Zerkers the naked, don't have anything. And the Naked Gun movies. Exactly. Stuff, yeah. Naked Gun 33 and the third came out the year after that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they were on a, when that was, of course, Paramount. But the that, they, there was a high about parodies mm-hmm. at this point. Pre-scary movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when we start parodying parodies, pretty much. Um, so, I mean, that, I think, was a, another big favor toward Mel Brooks when he was trying to get this movie made to begin with. Mm-hmm. It says there's a rumor that this is from IMDb that the idea for this film came when a studio executive turned to his son and jokingly demanded, "Give me an idea for a surefire hit or else." And the boy replied, "That's easy. Do a parody of Robin Hood." 
Nice. So it's just a rumor, but I mean, yeah. who knows where all these genius ideas for genius scripts come but, from? You know well, what? I know. I know Mel Brooks only really parodies things that are huge. You know, it's like the the westerns were huge. He he parodied that. The the space movies, you know, like Star Wars, those were such right. huge cultural icon movies that epic. he spoofed yeah. that. Robin Hood was something that has been told over and over again. It's something really big. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, fair. Frankenstein, Young Frankenstein is kind of the exception to that rule. I mean, yes, of course, Frankenstein was a tremendously influential movie, but he was trying to and do his book. own take on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and book, of course, yes. So. Um, but I think, I mean, but really what made this movie a, a success, I'm not even sure if it was a wild success. Yeah. Definitely, it's definitely in the cu- cultural lexicon. Oh, like, yeah. It's a movie that's still really important to a lot of people. It's a cult classic. It's a cult yeah. classic for sure. Um, but what made it so successful is Mel Brooks directing mm-hmm. an awesome crew of comedians. Like mm-hmm. even... Amy Yazbeck, who um, was married to John Ritter. That's right. Um, you know, she was on Wings at the time. Right. And yeah. uh, and she even um, worked She was with... in The Mask. Yes. Oh, and she yes. and then she went to go, um, you know, she worked with Mel Brooks again in Dracula Dead and Loving It. Um, Richard Lewis. Oh, like, my this God. is like the Richard. height of his career. This basically. is like a Seder at Vincent Price's I house. Love, I love the story that when he was making this movie, he had gotten really, really sick. I can't mm-hmm. remember what it was, but he was like hospitalized sick. Like, he... He thought he was practically dying. Oh, my God. And Mo Brooks came to him and said, okay, so look, we need you for a shot. So, like, it will take an hour at the most. Wait, we have a, a limo. We'll take you outside. We'll get you in. You don't have to move at all. You can stay sitting the whole time. We'll do the shots. You'll be back in the hospital in an hour. And Richard Dewars is like, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot do this movie. Um, I have a mole? I have a I mole? Have a mole? <laughs> that is one of the best gags. And I, okay, so this is where, and I, if you guys go back to nerdonomy.com and you go to um, the blog, I actually wrote an article on there a while while ago. It was um, recycled gags from Mel Brooks movies. Totally. And one of the things, great article by the way. Yes. Thank you, thank Good you, job, Sarah. I, I mean, really, just something I totally wrote off the top of my head because I've seen these movies so many times. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of one of those really good recycled gags is. In Young Frankenstein, it's the hump that switches spots, right? right? Yes. Was it? Was it? Was it? Was it? What hump? And then for this one, it's the mole that's it's moving mole. around his face. He's like, I wasn't it over. Th- Wait, right. you're. I have a mole. I have yeah. a mole. I mean, and there's a litany about it. It's just that it's good to be the king. Yeah. Uh, the hangman. The well, hangman think, is in both this think, and Blazing yeah, Saddles. Yeah, I think the. I think the Blazing Saddles <laughs> reference that it's good nine? to be the king. Those ones are like I feel like callbacks. Yeah. Right. As opposed to like a recycled gag that was, and then um, another one that they do is. Um, uh, coming, taking the shot through a window. Oh, the breaking the window. Breaking yeah. the glass. Marianne. <laughs> they did that in okay. anxiety, of course. The Nazi yeah. stuff with um, Rich, mm-hmm. uh, yes. uh, with uh, Rottingham's dagger. It has an SS symbol on it. Apparently. Does it really? It yes. does. I never yeah. noticed that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's well, one of those super subtle things. Well, and, yeah. and, and, it was I, in the notes, Sean. Mm-hmm. Was no, the notes. I noticed it in the fucking notes, Brian. I didn't <laughs> notice it in the movie before you put it in the notes. Well, that's, whole, that's you know, well, Brooks' thing, right? Yeah. Make some sort of reference to Nazis. He does because to, you know, play like, off if of you that. can laugh at it so much that the idea becomes ridiculous, then something like that can never possibly happen again. There you go. That is that oh, is like mantra. Maybe laughing at the idea of Kim Jong Un being killed. Oh, topical. really, really, Sean? 
Sean's not gonna let <laughs> I this just one had die. to say it. He's not gonna let this Sean, one die. Sean, I wish I could send man. you some glug, because that'll warm your heart. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and your cockles. Hey! Oh. And your cockles. Hey, hey, let's drink to that. Hey. Uh, Tank. Speaking of cockles, uh, can we talk about Rabbi Tuckman as a player oh, yes. on Genius. Friar Tuck? I don't like the way you're walking. <laughs> You've been into the sacramental wine again. Uh, you're for schnecked. You're for schnecked. You drunken. <laughs> you, you. Oh, my God. Fagalus? Basically. <laughs> no, we're straight. Just marry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, like, I really just want to talk about the characters in this movie now because yep. between <laughs> Achu and Blinken. A Jew? Yeah. <laughs> a Jew here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not a Jew. A Jew. A Jew. <laughs> Bless you. Um, but yeah, between a Jew and Blinken and, Little John. and Friar Tuckman. Little John is hilarious. That whole scene, my favorite scene in that entire yeah. movie, is the scene when they meet um, Little John and uh, and Will Scarlett O'Hara. Yeah. <laughs> Will Scarlett O'Hara. We're from Georgia. We're from Georgia. <laughs> We're from Georgia. <laughs> Georgia, you from South Central? <laughs> but I love that part where they're dueling on the bridge. He's like, wait, 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 wait. Like, I'm on the left bank. I'm on the right bank. I'm on one side. I'm, I'm on, on the, the other, other side. side. I'm on the east bank. I'm, I'm on, on the, the west, west bank. bank. <laughs> really, we don't have to do. That. He's just like standing there straddling it. We don't have to do the this. Point. The principle of the thing. <laughs> and to the point where they break down their staffs. To the point where they're just whacking each other on the <laughs> knuckle, whacking their it's fingers. <laughs> and then that leads into my favorite part, which is where little John falls in the tiny little stream. He's like, "I'm drowning! I'm drowning! I can't swim! I can't swim!" My favorite scene is not even that. It's the whole Don Giovanni bit. Oh really? Oh. With Don Eloise. It is so it's random. That is such a random. It is. Okay, fun fact about that. The guy who plays little Enzio, they changed the name. It was going to be... It was Dirty Enzio. It was going to be Dirty Harry because the guys, you know, Clint Eastwood look like. But apparently, one of Mel Brooks's colleagues, a really famous Italian director, was visiting the set that day. And his name's Ezio, yeah. So he changed the name to Dirty Enzio in honor of this Italian director. I also love Filthy Luca because the whole Filthy Luca thing is Luca Brazio. Yeah. The whole Luca Brazio monologue from the Godfather. Luca stands up. We hope her child... Luca Brazio, Brian. Luca Brazio, sorry. Luca, sorry. Dear God. <laughs> so I added an extra vowel. Did the Godfather episode be Luca nothing Brazio to you? Berg. Okay, so let me say it again. <laughs> so the whole fil- the whole filthy Luca thing is a reference to Luca Brazzi from The Godfather. Of course. Even down to the monologue that we hope your first child <laughs> is a masculine, masculine child. child. Yeah. Um, though I kind of wish they would have like strangled him and stabbed his a knife through his hand but they wouldn't have done that because it was too dark <laughs> don't yeah know. I don't think they would have the freaking that. lizard gag <laughs> your lizard just looks a little lip at my age <laughs> <laughs> so good yeah. <laughs> the line I'm very disturbed that all this time you have been friends England and Jersey but you'd never invite us over for coffee and cake a gnu something <laughs> what's a gnu <laughs> oh it's, it's this little pastry with, with, with sprinkles <laughs> <laughs> Dom Deluise from The Godfather. Dom Deluise was oh. such a goddamn genius. So he so was good. so good. And I have a feeling that, movie, that scene was largely yeah. improvised too. I know. And he puts the cotton balls in his shirt. <laughs> his enemy, your, your other your other associate doesn't say anything at all. That's because my enemy cut out his tongue. <laughs> good grief! <laughs> hey, Terrizio, do this. 
I can't, can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> I love to tease him. <laughs> so terrible. Oh god. Okay, so we got little John. We got <laughs> fucking Blinkin. 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 Oh, <laughs> Master Roman, you lost your arms in battle, <laughs> but you grew some pretty nice boobs. <laughs> I always said boobs. <laughs> Blinkin, oh. I'm over here. Oh. Oh, later. <laughs> Thank you. What are you doing? What are you? I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. <laughs> and of course, the first thing you see of him is he's on the toilet and he's looking at a Braille version of Playboy. Yeah. Where it's basically three-dimensional it's boobs he's trying to just like cuff. carving. And he's like feeling it up. Hey, Blinken. Hey, Blinken. <laughs> no, I didn't say hey, Blinken. No, I said hey, Blinken. Exactly. <laughs> it's so I good. can see! <laughs> no. No, I was wrong. <laughs> oh my god, that whole battle he has with a post. Oh my god, he's yeah. like hitting it with the, with the shred. So Somebody need a drink, sir? Oh yes, thank you. Sounds like we're winning, sir. <laughs> yes, indeed we are. <laughs> Fix your boobs. You look like a freaking Picasso. <laughs> it's it's literally because the boobs are like one is below the yeah. other. Like filling them up, and they're just like falling all over his shirt. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> And the and the part where he catches the arrow. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that coming from a mile away. Yes, well done, Lincoln. Yes. Um, so, who wants to do a synopsis, if if at all necessary? I don't do think we really I, need a synopsis. I don't think Robin it's Hood? necessary. No. I don't even care. Just watch it. Just I just watch love the it. fact of how they play like the parody of each scene, which they're obviously you know following the yeah. typical narrative of the Robin Hood story, yeah. right? His escape from Africa, which is ironic because on the map it says he's coming from Jerusalem. So a little <laughs> film flub there but yeah the fact is that he swims all the way from yes. one continent to the next yes when he lands right. on, when he gets home to england and, england. He's like, and he like is kissing the ground because it was way over the top when kevin costner yes. buried his face in the sand yes yeah it totally was and so of course good. Uh, what i love is that like all of a sudden he finds a horse and he's back into like his normal feathered cap. <laughs> yes, of course. that's all you right need right away. Yeah. And what's even more absurd is that after he gives his, you know, Winston Churchill speech, <laughs> uh, and then and then Dave Chappelle does his Malcolm X speech. speech. Exactly. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. That apparently, they <laughs> we didn't land on Sherwood Forest. Sherwood Forest landed on us. <laughs> right. So when he rallies the people of you know Sherwood Forest. To, to fight for him, like they all decide, let's make uniforms. And yes. they all wear the exact same costume. Yes. They're all, and they're like, I love it because they're like cracking the eggs for yeah. the tights, which is like such a reference to like pantyhose. Early type. 90s yeah. leg pantyhose. Pantyhose, get your boots, swords, yes. <laughs> quivers, um, and pantyhose. And another scene, <laughs> another thing that I totally, totally love in this movie Aside from, I, I, I want to talk about the musical scenes. First, when we have the introduction of Marion, mm-hmm. who's just being so lovely, looking like freaking birth of Venus with her hair covering yes. her breasts, singing that lovely little song <laughs> that <laughs> Madeline Bind is Marion, Marion. What I love even more is that, that so Mel Brooks loves yeah. pushing the gag. Yes. So, like, I love that in the credits they have, like, the whole, like, 90s pop version oh, God, of it. Oh, yeah. That's a duet. Hey, 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 hey,
Bynan yes. and like Celine Dion, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, oh yeah, so that bad. It is so, so bad. fucking funny. So bad. Oh my god. Um, wait, wait, wait. We have to back check a little bit. Opening oh, the, credits. Sorry, BB CC Wine in this. I should say. Opening sorry. credits. The, the rap. Yeah. In okay, the but even before opening that, credits are great. Every time they film a Robin Hood movie, <laughs> they burn our village down. <laughs> That's right. Leave us a note, Mel Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> they just. Burn oh my god. And yeah, yeah like, it's because in the in the beginning of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, it was like. Flaming arrows hitting wood yes. and lighting up the titles. Yeah. Right. Oh, amazing! Right. I, I love that Mel Brooks was like the original person to go meta because like there's a whole bit in the archery contest later on. He's like, mm-hmm. I lost. Wait, I lost. That can't be right. This Let's is look, a script. Look at the yeah. script. Everyone looks at the script. Well, I mean, and hell, they did. They did the same kind of like gag in in uh, Blazing Saddles too. Nice. So, right. um, but yeah. So then they have the rap in the beginning. Then they have Marion's thing, and then um, they do the. Men are men in tights right after that? No, no, no. It's well, I think music number wise, yes, it is. And then, yeah, so then it's men in tights, which is awesome. We'll talk yeah. about that in a second. But then the scene that I totally love is the night is young and you're so beautiful. Because I swear to God, you cannot With the sword. You cannot give me a sword on a hill without me pushing it up so it looks like a raging erection and me singing that song to somebody. Yeah. And for those so who are wondering, no, that is not Carrie Elwes. Singing. No, of course. Damn not. it! Yeah, that not is the uh, a performer known as Arthur Rubin. But what I find really, really fucking fascinating <laughs> is that he was one of the auditioning Hitlers in the original 1967 producers. Nice. Well, I mean, there was like a hundred thousand of them, so everybody in Hollywood. Was auditioning <laughs> I just, I, I love uh, Marion's reaction to when he first starts singing. She like shrieks she's a little like, bit. She's like, she's like oh, <laughs> what are you doing? And then he like turns her well, over and then the wind. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like so old, old Hollywood. Not even 1950s yeah. Hollywood. This no. is like 1930s. And I love how like there's a point yeah. where like when he's singing, like even do like they put like a fan behind. And then, her, so yeah, they, like the blow, like, the hair blowback. She's like. <laughs> and Amy Asbach's face during that whole scene is so fucking hilarious because she's like, I'm in love. And now it's a little weird too much, but okay. Like, I'm just going to go with it because I really need to get some. Yes. Like, that's effectively what's going on. It's so true. You know so who true. we haven't talked about yet? Brunhilda! I'm so sad that she's not in movies anymore. Because I don't see her is Megan Cavanaugh as Brunhilde, yes. yes Br- the happy little birdie lip, the happy little doo doo. <laughs> yes. Marla Hoosh. Oh, no, before you do it, you must go through it. Yes, oh, I blew it. Oh, I blew it. Megan. Ka- so actually, I've worked with someone who's worked with Megan Cavanaugh. Nice. Really? Fun little fact. Um, she apparently is, she's she's awesome. What's the name of the horse that she? Oh, Papi Kuga. Papi Kuga. Don't forget. Papi Kuga. If I was sure. I, I would, would never do that again. again. Yeah. No <laughs> questions. No questions. I love how when she falls that she cracks the ground. Yeah. Brunhilde so says a pl- fl- uh, foul plot afoot. It's just not my feet. I just washed them. <laughs> <laughs> and when she like so falls good. on little John. <laughs> oh, oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> Is there anything I could do for you? Get off yeah, of me. Yeah. Get off me. <laughs> get off me. <laughs> John. I panicked. <laughs> I panicked. <laughs> she was great. Oh, she had. Granted, she was a '90s staple. She was. She was in A League of Their Own. Yeah. As Marla Hooch, which nice. was iconic. 
Nice. Is and then she it? did that movie. And then she was. <laughs> is, that, is that what made her a ninety That's stable, it. Sean? I mean, but that, well, she was in that. She was in Robin Hood, Men in Tights. And she, she also was, was in, Al uh, Borland's wife in Home I'm Improvement. Consulting the Runes Part Two. That's right. She Sean, was. Sean, Al- she Sean. was in the God Thumb. You remember the Thumb movies, like Thumb Wars? Uh. Yeah, but like I said, she was. She was also. She ended up marrying Al Borland on Home Improvement. <laughs> in the last oh, season. that's right. She was on Home Improvement. She became Al's wife. Staple. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, she oh, was in ER episodes. She was in that darn cat. She's a she great. She was in a couple episodes of Roseanne. She made yeah. it to Dracula Dead and Loving It too. That's yeah. right. And she was in Junior. Nice Junior. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She. This was. This is the movie. I think. Well, League of Their Own kind of. Oh yeah. Was her that her was discovery huge. film? Not ding movie. ding without a wedding ring. <laughs> yeah. No ding ding without a wedding ring. Exactly. <laughs> She's so funny. She's, She's great. great. This was this was just really really awesome, and I love how, like the sheriff of Rottingham. Yeah, Richard Reed. Yeah. Richard, Richard Reese. Uh, no, Reese. Ro- Roger Reese. Roger, Roger Reese. Thank you. Wow, we were way The glug is really of And a tank. <laughs> of Mantis fame. <laughs> and go. a drink. And a drink, drink. Um, yeah, no, he was just... He was so... He just played such a goofball. Like, I love the, the whole, like, gag about him, like, not being able... Like, <laughs> constantly flipping words. Oh, my God. That was... King so- Illegal Forest! To it, it is! <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, don't I mean, you don't know? know! It's illegal, illegal. to deer, The king's forest! <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Sean, Sean you, do you want to take it? Take that. it. Take it. Oh, I did it. You did it. We did it at the same time, though. That was so you cute. That's okay. 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 Yeah. It's a okay. Mo Bro quote-a-thon. Okay. But I, I love that, it's, like... It's up to me and you. Mano a mano. Man <laughs> Just you to man. And Just me you and me. And my gods! Mano a mano. His chemistry with Tracy Ullman was so good. Oh, oh it's a rotte, rotte, rotte. I love... I keep a likeness of him in my boudoir. <laughs> oh, my God! I love the cardboard I know where the face is like, like super awkward. But and I, I love how the face of it changes yeah. as a callback to the painting in in Young Frankenstein. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, but I love the like the part where he's like, oh my god, he's like the cheesiest type of guy to like try and hit on a girl ever. Where he's just like. Would you like a date? Oh, yes, please. How about 7.30? How about next Thursday? <laughs> like, it's so bad. It's so bad. But, like, how so fun bad. is that character to play? We have exotic fruits from across the seas, coconuts, bananas, and dates. <laughs> Would you care for a date? Oh, <laughs> oh yes, thank you. How about next Thursday? <laughs> it's so it's, yeah. bad. And he's, yeah, so exactly. Bad. Robin of Loxley and Lady Bagel. Loxley and Bagel. Can't miss. Loxley and Bagel. <laughs> Can't miss. He's like it's meant to be. Locksley. So and then, and holy then shit! I just got that. So, 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 so to, oh my god! So, so to be to be totally fair, it was very subtle. So Robin of Locksley in the traditional spelling is L O C K S L E Y. In this version, it's L O X L E Y. Like Lox. and Lady Bagel, it's Bagel. Yes. But they pronounce it Bagel. They yeah. put an accent on yeah. the E. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Sean, it took me 20 years to figure that out, too. Really? So don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, well, let's just talk about one of the other, like, a couple of the other best cameos in this whole thing. We've already mentioned the Hangman. Oh, so make awesome. it so, Sarah. <laughs> what are you, so. I'm 16, 16 and a half. 
And then, <laughs> and then Dick Van Patten, who is obviously not, he's not a stranger to Mel Brooks movies too, but he's like walking down, he's the abbot, and there's a guy who's like, hey, hey abbot! Oh, which so is good. such a reference to Abbot and Costello guy. movies. Yep. So good. And then, as the king himself. With his wonderful Scottish accent. Sir Patrick Stewart. John Luke fucking Picard. <laughs> so yes, good. Yes, I love it. From this day forward. All of the toilets in this country shall be known as John's. John's. <laughs> I just thought the no! that they were just doing it to throw shade at um, the original guy who played it in the Kevin Costner film, which was who am I thinking of? Um, 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 I can't um, remember right now. It's been so uh, we're talking Alan Rickman. Alan, no. no, Alan Rickman was the sheriff. Oh, it's Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Oh, yeah, he was. Right. It was clearly him mimicking Sean Connery. Yeah. Yes. I forgot so that Sean Connery his... was in that movie. Yeah. Thick Scottish. Scottish. That's because we nowadays we don't make it to the end of that movie. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's pretty it's much true. how that goes. Yeah, um, which of course so... is a callback to him playing Robin of Loxley in the movie Robin of Loxley, where he yeah, which he's the older Robin Hood and Marion is like a nun and all that. You know what? Else oh, Robert, sorry, Robin and Marion is kind of cool. Is the guy who played Will Scarlett O'Hara um, actually played Robin Hood in a TNT television series? Did right, really? I think Sam Raimi was the nice. producer of that. Right? Yeah, pretty oh funny God. stuff. That is, oh, that is great. This is such a good movie. This is such a good fucking movie. So quotable and yeah. so, so weird. What the hell was the part? Why? Why? Why when they did the 20th Century Fox, the, the Fox facts? Oh, the, the 12th Century Fox? Yeah, 12th yeah. Century Fox, right? <laughs> so they were like, oh, we'll send him a fox, right? As a play on, we'll send him a fax because a it was the 90s. And this is pre-email, people. Yes. And then they did the 12th Century Fox. And then as he goes running off, why was there a dolphin sound effect over it? Because it's hilarious. It was like Flipper. What? How was that like Flipper? I don't know, but that's what I thought of when I saw it. It was like Flipper. That's, I, awesome. that's not what I got at all. Fl- I was just Flipper like, was the effect. Was, Flipper was effectively the aquatic version of Lassie, right? Sure. When whenever but his what's his a, name was, was in trouble, just a Flipper note would delivery go. System. Sure, but to me, like Flipper was always. I mean, Sean and I were you know we grew up watching lots of rerun television, so we watched a lot of Flipper too. I have a very good answer for this, and this okay. is gonna, I'm actually going to get deep and scientific here. Oh, get deep. Oh, now, really? Given How I, that oh, in fox can sound like a dolphin? We learned that foxes make several different sounds like... <laughs> it's conceivable Don't bring that, back. that they could possibly make dolphin sounds. You know Sean, I'm the... very curious for you to say, what does the fox say? No! What no. does the fox say? No! I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Know? That like for I don't know who made it, but there was a like a little, you know how they have those like electronic Santa Christmas whatever thingies that like yes. they move oh, it. Yes. there's a fox one. There's like <sighs> one of a fox that has like a little Santa hat and a scarf, and you hit it, and it sings. What does the fox say? It has nothing to do with Christmas. I can't stand that song anymore. I'm really? sorry. I'm over it. Uh, so it was so. Over it. How do the people I've, of Sweden feel? That video how do the people actually, of Sweden feel? It makes actually, it drives them to the Norwegian. glug. I got, I got over it after Brian, one month. Just, well, glug is is. I mean, I would say it's so. It may be glufine for them. It's, it's some. Yeah. They have some sort of spice. Yeah, I, I, I'm through. just saying. It's Back to Men and that, that that's Norwegian. <laughs> Thank you, Roxy. Back to Men and Okay, I have a question to pose. Roxy's our North Star. I'm gonna go sit in my corner now. Is it because I'm Canadian, Sean? No, it's because you're so shiny. (laughs) Okay, question for y'all. So there's something I noticed about just the kind of style of this movie. Maybe because it was the times, you know, being the early 90s and all. But something about 
the quality of the film, I don't know, just like the way it was filmed, it just seemed a little bit of a B level. It's a little low budget. It's yeah. a little low budget, and I'm I'm not really sure what that was about, Thank considering. You. The amount of money that they were able to invest into Spaceballs and some of the other ones yeah. that he's done, that like this one and Dracula Dead and Loving It, Looks do come across that way. Pretty. So I have an idea. Okay. I think Spaceballs was a turning point for Mel Brooks. Yes, that is because true. with with high anxiety with Blazing Saddles and with Young and Frankenstein. Get your words out, Brian. You can sorry. do it. I'm sorry. The glug is very strong. The glug is strong um, in this one. <laughs> the glug is strong inside this one. Anyway. Um, Feel the glug with- flow through you. <laughs> oh, I am. Um, so with, 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 <laughs> with Blazing Saddles, with, with Young Frankenstein, and with high, even High Anxiety, yeah. They, they were very highbrow. <laughs> they were very highbrow. Well, no, and, yeah. but he, he they very, were very highbrow spoofs. He distinctly of, picked the filming style. For exactly, oh, I see what exactly. And he was trying to make a point to it. Yeah. When he got to Spaceballs, he said, "Stop trying to be an artist. Just be funny." Fair enough. And that proved to be his biggest grossing film to date. He was like, oh, "Okay, well then, let's throw the intellectual side of it out of it and just go for for gags." That probably ties into his filming style, where he's going more for coverage than he is for art. Because if there's anything that Mel Brooks knows how to do, it is to be funny. Okay. Because, I mean, if if you watch some of the, like, making ofs and behind the scenes featurettes and stuff Mm -hmm. from these movies, (laughs) what? What? Sorry, I just looked at the Wikipedia page, and it's like, Robin Hood Men in Tights is a 1993 French-American musical adventure comedy film. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so the Wikipedia article is... Totally riddled with yeah French American front somebody where somebody fucked with that oh it home. looks like because it was released in the United States and France it looks like and maybe they filmed a lot of it in France no no a- a- anyway I don't know. No. maybe that's why it said that it's it's the it was released in, in July it says but I think it would have been better Brian. It's a late release. August release. <laughs> <laughs> it's late August release. Um, no, You're so, owning that, Brian. I'm proud of you. You come along. I way. have no shame about that. Good. I stand by that statement. Our buddy Steven that does the Motion Picture Meltdown podcast sends, sends me a message the other day. He's like, you guys really won't let him live that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely no. not. I, I, I am playing Steve <laughs> on, on Trivia Crack right now. Yeah, he said he's really impressed that he's beating you in trivia. And I was like, how are you beating my brother in trivia? He's like, I don't know. The guy's Can like I a just genius. Say, he thinks you're a genius. <laughs> Real quick. He's terribly misinformed. Ryan. But. If and when you pass away, well, when you pass away, if I swear you die, I will <laughs> unlock the key to immortality. I mean, like cryogenics could be a thing. I don't know. It's a, I'm assuming you this and is Walt a long Disney. ways away. I will upload my brainwaves to a computer, and I will when be you die, you all. God, when you die, I hope to God you die in May because I want it written on your tombstone. <laughs> it should have been a late August release. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, my Sarah, one of one of my best class. friends, Nap, who has been on this podcast, <laughs> yes. formal Brooksuary, as it were, um, jokes that when I die, he wants to he wants to have the mortician dress me in a in a, in a Batman outfit, <laughs> and say he wants to deliver my eulogy and say, Brian Moriarty died as he lived as Batman. 
<laughs> as Batman. As Batman. Uh, but anyway, oh. so backtracking a little bit. Mm. One thing that Mel Brooks really does know how to do is he knows how to deliver comedy. Fair yeah. enough. And in a lot of instances, as he became a more seasoned director, what ended up happening was he was he would basically just and you can even see this in behind the scenes featurettes and whatnot. He basically says, "Okay." do it like this and he like tells the actors how to do it yes they can put their own spin on it or whatever and if they can do it better then he'll absolutely go with it but yeah. he has such a sharp brain of how it, he wants it to be yeah and how these gags need to be delivered that that's why it's so sharp that's but why that's it's so like, funny my my whole thing is though like i just noticed a shift in yeah. his focus on creating these these sort of homages to styles and really making high art in his mm-hmm. own way yeah. to it turning more into gag-centric, really, you know... Well, it's always lower... been gag-centric. I mean, he yeah. wrote Get Smart, which is all gags, That's right? True. So it's it's what the thing is, is what it does is it plays less on plays less on the stylized version of it yeah, and just kind of goes just straight for it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like, unfortunately, this film kind of fell flat in that There's sense. a reason why it's not my favorite. Yeah. You know? But it's so, but it's still on its own really good. If, because if yeah. you, if you look at like Hot Shots, which are, again, Hot Shots, total classic, Naked yeah. Gun, total classic, Airplane, blah, 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 all these other ones, like, they're so fucking funny and right. they they become cult classics and they like they stick with us because they're so funny because the gags are so good of course that that's what really matters I, even basketball you know like <laughs> these are that's why it's so good and why we need to hold on to them you know Fair it enough. may it may not be the best crafted thing ever yeah. but i'll be damned if it doesn't make you laugh True yeah that. and those movies are a lot like the way sketch shows like saturday night live are where they are like a time capsule to show you what was funny it's like you learn about a past time through the gags made about the current politics or like what was popular at the time. Yeah. Yeah. True. I just feel like for a man who started and based his early career on such stylistic films to kind of transition yeah. into this sort of legacy of making very yeah. good, you know, like we said, gag centric yeah. films instead, it, it, I, I'd say it's a fair trade, but you older. know. But they're also really smart gags. I mean, you were saying that he kind of let the intellectual side go out, but I don't think he has the ability to do that because he's still, there's a lot of intelligent gags. Some people don't laugh at him. I mean, that was one of the first, that was the first Mel Brooks movie I saw in the theaters. And there were some people that weren't laughing at gags that they just couldn't process because there was an, an intellectual level. Mm. I mean, to understand it, to quote Whoopi Whoopi Goldberg, a laugh is a physical reaction to an intellectual response, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, some people may not be able to get all the gags, but and it, that's what's going on my tombstone. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Whoopi Goldberg, not that quote. Whoopi Goldberg is not a that, Sean. I don't know. I, no, I will have her bronzed, and then she'll be a that, and Jesus. then she'll be on. Wow, dude. Wow. That's weird. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm a fucking I'm, weird wait, guy. I'm a little, guys, little creeped out. Yeah. I want to talk more about um, Dave Chappelle. Okay, the guy fucking wore a, a baseball cap. <laughs> he wore the yeah, he wore the feather baseball cap. So it was backwards, so nineties. I mean, they were trying to play up the and of 90s course the air so pumps. Much. I gotta get pumped up. And he has the air pumps. Yeah, I love the the thing where he's like, "Do you happen to know praying mantis? Yeah. You, you're looking at him. <laughs> like it's so cheesy. So, so good. Here's what I find really interesting though, because when Dave Chappelle did Chappelle's show, he had that point where he was. He asked himself that that really serious question of whether he was 
questioning racial stereotypes or reinforcing them. Mm. Yeah. And early on in his career, he was he was kind of reinforcing them because he had the whole white man can't jump line. He was wearing the <laughs> Nike. Yeah. Like, you Somebody know. better be video well, recording this. That was also a reference to the movie White Man Can't Jump, which came sure. out like two years before. Yeah, but they straight did a whole Rodney King thing. Yeah. You know? and, he, and he also yeah. did the whole, guys, I am running out of air. Yeah. Gotta get pumped. And he's pumping up his shoes. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's very interesting when you look at, I mean, we could do a whole episode on Dave Chappelle just on his own. Sure. We could also do a whole episode on what young actors trying to make it are willing to compromise yeah, and I feel like you know, at this point, that too. I don't know if he was making that decision at this point, but it feels like he had kind of come to a, a moment of realization later on in his career. Yeah. Where he realized that he was he was promoting the things that he was actually trying to fight against. Yeah, yeah. but still, know? it's one hell of a screen debut. Well, it it's is. True. And, and let's also be clear that there's a lot of... I mean, we talked about it in the Blazing Saddles episode. <laughs> it worked in Blazing Saddles. It worked in Blazing Saddles. <laughs> a black sheriff. Yeah. He's um, black? <laughs> I love that. He's black? <laughs> um, but I think understanding that Mel Brooks grew up in a different time, and as he came into being a writer, he came into a very different time, you know, pre- pre the advent like the major advent of civil rights and pre rodney king and he saw all that stuff transition he was still able to make these jokes and and go from a time when race was something that was actively talked about Mm -hmm. and and the fact that yeah so there were these gags in robin hood men in tights that we look back now and we're like oh god that's such a terrible black stereotype Mm. at the same time it's also a 90s stereotype i'm not forgiving what happened in those movies because like some of it is pretty like ugh. Like, but it's yeah. not, nothing is so, I, I can't speak for other well, people. I mean, let's I can't not speak for, for other people. Yeah, I see what you're saying, though. It, it's, but, it's a fair point. I mean, yeah. let's not forget that he's making fun of it. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think on a higher level, he is addressing that this is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and calling the attention fact, to the it. The fact that there was a movie, White Men Can't Jump. Like, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Let's be real. The 90s was really, honestly, the last great era. And, you know, the last great decade. It was a very innocent era. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I love whoa, how you whoa, say whoa. that. The last we, we, great We've decade. all had these moments where we thought America lost its innocence. Mm. Like with Everybody Vietnam, says that example. about every decade that yeah. they hold dear, though. No, no, I say the 50s were pretty innocent. I say the mm. 90s were pretty innocent. I don't Compared think, to the 2000s. I don't think the 80s were very innocent. I don't mm. think the 70s and 60s were sure as hell not innocent. The 90s were full of mom jeans. Oh, God. <laughs> and Do you guys remember Bill those Clinton. shoes? And minivans. Do you guys remember those shoelaces that were, like, curly? Yes, I had those. I had <laughs> those. I, I can guarantee there was not a Jelly guy. shoes. There was not a single straight guy. Slap who, bracelet. Who Slap bracelets. Slap bracelets. Freaking oh, party pogs. of five. I had pogs. I had Gecko pogs. pants. Yeah. Seventh heaven. Tamaguchis. Tama- Tamagotchis. <gasps> Tamagotchis. My Tamagotchi died. So there was so a there was a funny badly. fucking yeah. ad on the on the Onion that talked about how <laughs> the Tamagotchi people like as a uh, as uh, they settle a lawsuit and yeah. they, they give everybody who had a Tamagotchi a puppy. Oh, God. That's great. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember that's when I got funny. my Tamagotchi, I was scared of it because I was scared really? of being responsible for another one. Like... I actually, I don't think I ever actually had a Tamagotchi. I Sean had, had a Tamagotchi. I had, the, I had the digital pet. Oh, no, I did. Nice. I did not have a Tamagotchi, Brian. I had the low rent version. Do you remember? Oh, my God. Nano it's, baby. It's Nano baby. Mine was an actual baby. Yeah, Every time I looked Nano at it, there, was just, yeah. there were just little piles of shit everywhere because yes. I didn't take care of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> shit everywhere. <laughs> shit yeah, remember the little turd piles if you didn't like <laughs> watch your baby ups. and change it and stuff? Latrine, yep. that's an interesting name. <laughs> what was the name of that thing? It was not not Beanie Babies. It was the it looked like the Mogwai from Furbies. <laughs> Furbies, thank you. Oh, Furbies. Furbies. I wanted king. a Furby Furbies so learn. bad. It was basically a mock with a beak, over. basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So, question, though. But we back digress. to our topic. Sorry. <laughs> what did you think of Mel Brooks in the 90s, then? Not his best. No, right? Not his best. I, I mean, and there's a reason. I think it's very telling that he hasn't done a film since Dracula Dead and Loving It. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. But, I mean, he... But he also made the producer's musical. Okay. Like, his attentions were turned elsewhere. I mean, he basically has just kind of, I think he just kind of realized that in cinema, in this role, that's maybe just, my time is done. It's just a damn shame that we transitioned into making, like, scary movie and, like... Well, yeah, spoofs kind of just... Spoofs dropped off and and lost their way, yeah. and I think yeah. right as soon as they had movie in the t- every title, it's mm. just all went to shit. Except for the first scary movie, that I, I still maintain. I think what really ended good. up, well, yeah, I mean, if only for just that scene with the pubic hair, that whole scene was fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, the funny thing, and was... oh, what about the jizz where he like drains his whole body of jizz <laughs> oh, God, and she like, shoots that. up on the ceiling? I forgot. Stop. So, but I think, but I think like that spoofs and satires of and, and parodies like that for the most part, lost their way around the time the Dracula Dead and Loving It came out. I agree. It's, it's true. I mean, I, I agree completely with that. I mean, it was weird because you had Leslie Nielsen who was older playing Dracula. And yes, he could certainly pull off the job, but like, yeah. you know, he's got his, his trademark white hair and it doesn't yeah. Yeah. It's not Dracula. I mean, point, Leslie you know? Nielsen, yeah, he did have a career making great spoof films. Yeah. Let's be mm-hmm. honest, the Naked Gun films and held on their own. Yeah. But let's be totally fair here. Mel Brooks is obsessed with Broadway musicals. Like, he had, he went and saw musicals as a kid right. and that's what inspired him to believe he could go beyond his, his circumstances. So, sure. yeah. For him to go to Broadway and do the producers and do Young Frankenstein, and he's supposedly working on Blazing Saddles, the musical. Nice. Um, oh. Is really, I mean, really, <laughs> and uh, right. Uh, is I mean, it's really, it's a, it's a dream come true for him. Yeah. Good. Good on him then. So his yeah, he's, come he's in full circle. just. I think he's just evolved. He realized his time was done. He evolved, and yeah. that's that's the best thing an artist can do is walk away. And honestly, Dracula Done Loving has some really great parts. Like yeah. it's not a shit movie. It's yeah. it's funny so um let's go ahead and wrap up by talking about the best number in this whole men in tights movie men in tights that's the actual men in tights (laughs) yeah which of course is borrowed (sighs) from From juice in space space from from mystery of the world part one that's right that's right thank you yeah it was the end of history sorry i got confused because it was when they were talking about what was going to come up in part two which never was never going to happen no he never intended he never intended to do it but i don't think he would have ever done hitler on ice no it was (laughs) jews in space (laughs) we're men we're men in tights we walk around the forest looking for fights we're men we're men in tights we rob from Belrich and get to the poor that's right that's right <laughs> we may look like sissies, but what you say? Or else, or else put, put out your lights. <laughs> we're men. <laughs> we're men in tights. Always on guard, defending the people's rights. Tights, I love tights. that. I just like men in tight, tight, tights. Where they pull the tights up. Yep. Tights, tights, tights. We're of course. <laughs> Always on guard, defending the people's rights. La 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 la
And can I just, I love Blinken in this musical number. Like, I watch him the whole time because he's, like, constantly going the wrong direction. <laughs> flopping and around. Because like, he's blind. He doesn't know which way he's supposed to turn. Well, you so you can't fault Mel Brooks for consistency. I know. Because <laughs> you when can't, he pushes and gags. honestly, there was no backlash because, honestly, all of Blinken's things are visual gags, really. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's just so funny though like so i mean at, at but at no point is he downplaying the importance of blinken as a character i mean hell he saved robin's life by catching that arrow like yeah. <laughs> it's amazing so uh, maybe i'm just the dumbass here but like the patriot arrow is that like a reference to like a certain kind of missile that now that's re- that's a reference to the patriot missile which yeah. we use okay. to decimate iraq in the first iraq so it was wow. it's like a heat-seeking missile basically yeah okay. yeah got it um also, and they had scud missiles, which sucked. And then also the uh, another arrow scene, the part where um, he shot sh- up a arrow in Twain. In Twain, <laughs> I love that. He looks like Mark Twain. Now <laughs> uh, I like the 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 part where um, Achu goes and he like shoots the the noose oh, that's that right. was getting like ro- that was like Robin was about to hang from right and then he goes back and he's like nice shot and he's like actually I was aiming for the hangman <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome it's so good oh my god oh my god <laughs> guys guys no noose is good noose no noose oh god we could go on quoting this I movie know. all night we but could. I think it's time it I is love that. time Listener feedback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't mention the hee hee when he was the Michael Jackson reference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So, we have some feedback from Aunt Teresa, our beloved Aunt Teresa. And subject is damn Gina. Dude, we're just going to keep getting feedback about the Damn episodes, Gina. Huh? We love our Gina, girl. Uh, I actually want to give Gina a quick shout out because we did not mention it in the past, but Gina yeah. did give us gifts. For Christmas. Oh, for yeah. Christmas to us nerds on yeah. film peoples. Um, for Sean and Dave, she got them Hobbit beer. Yes. And yes. then for uh, Roxy, Brian, and myself, uh, because we joined her on the Harry Potter podcast, she gave us steins with uh, with animals on top that she felt represented our Patronus. Yeah. Roxy got a moose. Woo! <laughs> Brian got a bear, and I got a fox. Yeah, Betty. If you guys go back to those episodes, we do talk about our Patronuses, and we kind of mentioned them, so. Yep. I just, I just have that. to say, Gina, that was like the sweetest thing you could have possibly done. I was not expecting that at all. And I'm very, very touched. Thank was you very, very so touched, much. Yeah, Thank you so for the sweet. beer. It was delicious. I, I love triples. I promise, I promise you that I will drink many a drink from the Stein uh, whilst reading Harry Potter. I will take, right. I will take your Baileys and hot cocoa with honor. <laughs> and I drink it from my Stein. Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> so, like Aunt Teresa says, she's also got some love for Gina. She says, "Hello, everyone. You all know that I love you guys equally, but after listening to HB podcasts, I think I have a new favorite. Don't tell Eric. Damn, Gina. I thought I was an expert on HP, having read books at least the books at least five times each and taking the HP tour in London. But I am not worthy. This is me bowing. We're not worthy. We are worse." Worthy, you're worthy. Get up. We suck. We suck. 
<laughs> she made connections to things that I never knew. I'm going to have to listen to all seven of them again, especially now that my husband gave me an early Christmas present of three day tickets to HP World. What? what? We are going in April. Nice. Sarah and Eric, for your first adventure into HP, I would suggest you listen to them. Jim Dale does a wonderful job of bringing the characters to life, and as always, the books are so much better than the movies. J.K. Rowling opened up the world of books to millions of kids all over the world with their HP series. It's the only thing that my family can agree on to listen to on car trips. Hope you all have a great holiday. Love, Aunt Teresa. Wait a second. Hopefully she can agree to listen to some Nerdonomy podcasts. (laughs) I hope so, maybe... Maybe nerds on history. This one's not so family friendly. Yeah, right. <laughs> what the so fuck much. are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what the she... fuck are you talking about? I only mention my dick like every other episode. Hey, <laughs> I've toned the dick down. I know. Oh, yeah. This is true. It yeah. would all depend on the the type of family you come from. <laughs> I come from a family that loves the cock. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Is okay. that true, right, Brian? Mom? Are you listening, Let's Mom? Let's be fair. The Mortensen family. <laughs> that's how. We're, that's why we're here. So, <laughs> for those who may have ever been curious, um, the Mortensen family, the Mortensen out. side of our family, is very. There's a dick on the blunt. family crest, for Christ's sake. Oh my God, it, they're really? very blunt. Um, but the Moriarty, and we also like words that rhyme with blunt. But the but the Moriarty side is is pretty like okay. Pretty <laughs> like okay. But they're a bit more reserved. <laughs> Uh, I would say, Brian, I would say that I am the black hole sheep of that family. You're the black dick of that family. I'm the giant black cock of that family. Jesus Christ. No wonder I'm so popular with them. Aunt Teresa finishes with, P.S. I got my Christmas pickle hanging on my tree. Found it at Target. Yay! (laughs) The Christmas Christmas pickle. pickle. That's a reference to Nerds on History from like a few years ago. I know, right? What? Did you hear me not make a dick joke about the pickle? That was good. I, see, I'm toning it down. <laughs> sure you are. Down. Sure you are. Oh, goodness. Oh, Sean, I miss I miss our time in Vegas where we had whiskey gingers and talked to people who are higher up in the podcast world than we are. Oh, I mean, yeah. not good enough for you, Mr. August release? Yeah, I love how there was a few times where I just said something horrendous and the whole table went quiet, looked at me. And then went back to talking about. It. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really do that? Well, so we so we That's met some very fantastic. interesting people. Chase from the uh, the grind was it the grind? What's the name of the yeah. podcast? Well, the guys that that were, that were there, they were all talking about. They were all podcasts about like social marketing, media basically. marketing for your company or right. for making podcasts about your company. So it was totally different than an entertainment podcast like what we do. So I think that their sensibilities were a little different than ours. Oh my god, you guys. Chase Reeves was awesome though. We totally yeah, forgot cool. to call out the winners of the Nerdonomy Challenge about what's in Brian's bag of fears. Oh shit! Yes. Okay, you guys. It's yourself. only been three months. It's only been a couple <laughs> months. So, First of back, all, we are so, so sorry. Yes. We've back been really in November, busy. I'm sorry. Back in November, we posted a picture of Brian's bag of fears. So it was basically... And me crying like a little girl. It was... Okay, Brian's face is the my favorite thing of all time. It's like you are terrified beyond recognition. And do you so, see how happy I am yes, to hold Sarah that bag of fear taunting him with a bag. So we posed it to you fellow listeners. <laughs> what did you guys think was in the bag? We posed it. it. <laughs> we posed it. it. Glue. Positioned. 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 So we deposited it. it, it, it. We want to say that luckily our listeners are so loyal and wonderful that basically everybody posted the same thing. Yeah. And of course you all guessed correctly. What, what else would Brian be afraid of besides... Fucking xenomorphs. Exactly! 
Hey! So a few namely um, p- responders or uh, fans that have posted, that responded to this, are uh, Tom from Australia, our loyal Tom. Uh, Carlos, which posted, who posted some pretty awesome um, images here of Batman fighting off a xenomorph. And Darth like Vader fighting off a xenomorph. And then who else? Jenny posted about the xenomorph. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought some funny ones that were on here. Athena posted about the smell of vanilla, maybe Mexican jumping beans, or a tiny clown. Good tries, honey, but no. I'm not afraid of clowns. <laughs> I am. Uh, Eric is afraid of clowns, and apparently so is Sarah. Yes. Okay. Good guesses, though. Good guesses would have been uh, Michael Keaton's Batman. And people poster. dressed as animals. So, fun but, fact. Um, intimacy with a woman could have been <laughs> as well. Intimacy. So, fun fact, my first short film was about a guy being chased by clowns. I remember with the yep. Mega clowns. Yes. Les clowns de Grossu. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I wasn't in it or anything. Go and on. just a few more <laughs> folks. John was who, the, the Bubba Clown, yeah. Who I did. was the evil clown leader. You were the best clown, Sean. You were great, Sean. No, I wasn't the best yes, clown. Yes, you were. And I who was else? the second best clown. And what a trooper. Ricky you... Pepitone was the best clown. <laughs> you And Sean, you were a trooper because you showed up to the second day of shooting hungover. I wasn't just hungover, Brian. <laughs> he was still drunk. I was up all night. Uh, I was up all night with the Peruvian marching powder that night. Uh-oh. Oh God. Okay, so who else guessed correctly? Austin did, and the Kevin entire did. city of Austin. God damn it! <laughs> and then Gareth bl- guessed blue cheese, and yay, no. blue cheese. Good job, Gareth. By the way, I'm a foodie. Why would I be afraid of blue cheese? Because it's moldy, things. Brian. Because it's moldy. <laughs> know your life brian can i just say though this is this made me really happy but it's back during the christmas season while i know for a fact you were watching christmas movies because you were sending us text messages about watching christmas movies i absolutely was watching aliens 3 and alien resurrection back to back <laughs> and i was just so pleased and like brian's like watching happy christmas movies and i'm like i'm watching the thing that brian hates the most yes and it Seth. kills me that you can't watch those movies because they're so good they're pretty fucking great what can i say folks i was traumatized at a very young age and oh. if you want to pay for me to have psychiatric help <laughs> You can donate it. Ron <laughs> donate can just give you psychiatric Wait, help. Wait, Brian, don't free. you mean more psych- psychiatric help? Oh, God. Well, Aww. yeah, I've got my share already, but yeah. Um, oh, Lord, Sean. <laughs> I refuse because I'm perfect. I don't I, need help with anything. I have, I have, seeken, I have, seek, I think that's I have thing. sought <laughs> psychological help, but never psychiatric help. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, you don't need the pills, Brian. They're, They're just going to give you lithium and be like, you can watch anything now. It, nothing will matter. <laughs> that's true. Let's just give them a bunch of lithium and then... Uh, uh, show them little How little about xenomorph we toys. Not do that. <laughs> I'm just saying you're missing out kite. on Sigourney Weaver. Being she's a badass. I acknowledge that. Ripley no is so she's that. such a good character. Uh, be fair, to be fair. To, 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 oh, were we not doing Evanescence? No, no we're not. To be totally <laughs> fair. To be totally fair, I did watch like half of Alien Four. Because the other half, I was just like, mm. "Is it the one with Winona Ryder?" Yes, with yes. Winona Ryder. Boy. Yeah. Yes, Winona Ryder. And, and, and the human, the, and the, the obligatory surprise android, and, <laughs> and of Spoilers. course the human xenomorph 
hybrid. <laughs> yes, the human which had xenomorph the skull hybrid of a that human, had the skull. but still the long, elongated, yeah, like, so bulb. The one that was, like, all kind of like, mommy to it's Ripley. Like, oh, my God, it was so oh, good. Oh, yeah, the Ugh. look in its eyes of sadness. Yeah. It's getting Meme sucked through morning the hole. after. Yeah, couldn't watch that even. <laughs> nope. Oh, anyway, we are digressing really, really far down right, a very ugly rabbit hole. Let's call this yeah, shit. Please excuse us while we digest. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you for your feedback, everybody. Let me go ahead and just wrap this up then. If you guys want to send us more it. feedback, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Nerdonomy. Go to Nerdonomy.com. Uh, you can go to Facebook, facebook.com slash Nerdonomy. It's all very redundant. Um, uh-huh. If you're feeling so generous, you can go to our website and offer us a donation. That would be really Yeah, or lovely. you could write us in a donation because written, like if you write us a letter, we only accept it if it's written on a $100 bill. Yeah, <laughs> especially Sean. There's that too. Um, you can also uh, go to audibletrial.com slash Nerdonomy. We get a little cut from that. Or you can click on any of the Amazon links from our website. It's best if you use your desktop for that. Anyway, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode about Mountain Bricksuary. Next week, we will be... Next week. Next other week. Uh, next uh, episode. Next episode. Next we, other this week. One, the next sorry. one. Glue. Next episode, we will be bringing you a very, very special episode for me personally because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. Silent movie. Yeah, mm. buddy. And unfortunately, this is a silent podcast, but we're going to yeah, it's this is an audio God. podcast. We're going to do Damn it all. It. It's just going to be dead air. <laughs> it's going to be like like music. Pl- the plinky plinky Mu- music. Plinky music. You're like, what's, what's going happening? On? Are you guys looking forward to we'll it already? Um, we'll I have am. to have like a second screen experience where we yeah. have cue cards. That, with oh, <laughs> that should be our yeah. That should be our first video podcast where it's not audio at all, and we just all do it with like. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. That'd be pretty funny. So. So. Well, so well, we talked about donations. Kind yeah, of. I covered. Just say next episode. So, we'll see you next episode. So fine. So fine. Brian's Glug. drunk. Glug is a double-edged sword. I will say that, folks. Uh, so it is that time. <laughs> Brian just like blanked out. Glug is, is a double-edged sword, which goes down our throat as if we were in a circus freak show. Um, <laughs> it is that time, nerds. I hope so. so. <laughs> until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune into us our, on our next episode. <laughs> tune into our next episode. I'm gonna wait till you're done. Tune, tune into our next episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel. Nerdonomy.com. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> I'm so fucking drunk right now. <laughs> Um, Are you really? No, no, no. no. I'm, 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 pr- I'm pretty I'm tipsy. A little, I'm a little tipsy. <laughs> I'm yeah, a little the brandy bit. was very strong. I'm warm. Um, and roll credits. Now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. Call the locksmith! Call the locksmith! Call the locksmith! Call the locksmith! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>